Hello and welcome to the Screaming Bloody Oranges podcast. Uh, I am one of your main hosts, Jonathan Rosenthal. I'm here with uh, my co-host, uh, Ted Newbel. Hey everybody, how's it going? We are joined today by a few special people. We have a guest host, uh, Nathaniel, from Musk Ox. Hello. And uh, we are also joined by uh, Tico and Ilmari from the band Tenhi. Hi, nice to be here. Hello. So I guess right from the start, uh, I want to talk about Valkama, your new album. And uh, it's taken a long time to get here. And uh, Tico and I have already talked about this, but it's been about two and a half years since we spoke. So I wanted to kind of ask about the journey that took us to this point. Yeah, it's a big question to start with. Uh, we Actually, I don't know many, how many years did we work on this album? Is it eight or even more? But uh, well, <laughs> Yeah, even 12. But you have to know that our, our process of making music is that... Um, all the albums kind of flow on top of each other. So there's no certain point that we start to record new album and then it's when it's finished, when it's finished. But even now we have been working on or working with ideas and for uh, coming albums and new music. So, so it, if this process is really a kind of hazy. Yeah, yeah in, in a sense, it's not a traditional uh, way of making an album. We have themes that are 20 years old and uh, themes that are really current now. And uh, it, it, it's it's really hard to say when a process starts and when it ends. Yeah. And it kind of feels that even now, where the mixing has been done over almost a year ago, and then we have been working on this other stuff like the cover album, uh, artwork on so on. So it still uh, feels that it's so... The process is still kind of not finished for us, so it's kind of hard to look back and actually know why it took so long. So maybe in a few months or a few years we can say that kind of what the process was all about. But now it's, it seems that we are still in the in those um, processing. Yeah. Uh, Ilmari brought up uh, that there are some older ideas on this album. And that takes me to something that Tico said when we did our interview, where there was an idea that dates back to like 1993. So yeah. how, how, do you, how do you know when like an idea that's like an older one you can draw from uh, that would fit for newer material? Uh, well, I think, well, first of all, it has to stand out <laughs> and uh, be still somehow... <laughs> affecting us and be relevant to us that we want to use it so i think we have this kind of collective memory together about our past and 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 sometimes these things just pop up it's it's quite organic there's no method or anything to it i think we have just a lot of different recordings from different uh times i think and and some, uh, it, it could be a point that uh, someone remembers that th this theme could fit this idea, and then we'll just use it, uh, or a little bit modify it, or compose something out of it. But but uh, yeah, there are sure there are themes ranging twenty years back in time <laughs> in several songs. I was gonna say because you know I've been listening to Tenny since for yeah almost twenty years and. I was obviously very, very excited for this album. And when I saw you post a clip of it in 2017, I thought, here it comes, you know. 
Um, and then I'm sure I'd all, and, and every, you know, six months I would check the site and I'd see other people commenting, where's the music? Um, but when I, when I finally was able to listen to Valkama, I really noticed almost, I don't want to say it feels like a best of, but you hear the, the, the spirit of every album coming through. And I think it really kind of captures that, uh, the essence in, in all these different ways with, while also remaining new. And so, I guess I was going to ask uh, if, if as you're making your albums, do you think about where you've been before, or are you just always making music and then seeing what kind of rises to the top? Well, <clears throat> I think rarely we rarely speak uh, kind of really deeply uh, how we want to do do things. But actually, this album was one clear point that we wanted to make a. It kind of this is kind of paired to our last album, the Saibo. It's, it's kind of thematically the same, uh, all about the same world in a sense. But the Saibo was really this uh, more kind of how to say more this uh, landscape painting and more aerial and more distant. Uh, uh, and now we really wanted to have some instruments and vocals more present than we have maybe have in some of our early albums like the Kawan and stuff like that so that just this time is really kind of uh, intentionally wanted to make this soundscape but we also wanted to have this kind of background uh, atmospheric uh, landscape going in the background but then some instruments more kind of in front yeah uh, it's quite quite rarely we design anything like uh, we thought, uh, have a discussion about anything in uh, before we start to make music. Actually, it's uh, I think uh, th that what Tico was speaking about the kind of presence in the music and maybe more uh, presence in the vocals and presence in the lead instruments and that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, slowly, slowly came for us in a way that, but but there is not this kind of. Uh, of this kind of design period that we will kind of lay the terms or framework or what anything i think in a way we are quite uh, working in a subconscious level all the time and and yeah. and, and and if we like something we cling to it if we don't we maybe 20 years from now use it in a different song yeah. or <laughs> whatever but but yeah yeah and actually that's maybe one I think numerous reasons why this album took so long, but one reason is that uh, that we kind of play around with the songs and they might be even be finished in a sense, but then we start working on the, this other song and it might go slightly into different direction and then we go back to the other one and start to change it again, even though it kind of was finished already. But So the songs are kind of in this flowing state uh, very long time until at some point they yeah. all the songs kind of feel that they are in the same space and and uh, if Tuko uh, uh, has an idea or problem with a uh, song I trust that he has a point there that, that we should maybe check check the thing out <laughs> or 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 make this a kind of uh, new path for that song uh, we have this yeah. kind of co common trust that uh, if there is something that is not 
uh, 100% there, then we'll we'll take it apart and we'll we'll redesign or arrange, recompose, or or do something else. And and it may take a year or maybe two years, but it yeah. it's not. And 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 these things uh, we we are, I think our music does doesn't have a timestamp in a way that it, it it's same for us if it's released now or from 10 years from now yeah. uh, it's 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 irrelevant for us because it's just uh, we're making music for basically for us, ourselves all the time i want Tuko to be happy and he <laughs> wants me to be happy that yeah. that's all i know i think yeah. and it's yeah. if 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 it sounds great to you guys then thumbs up but <laughs> that's that's just a you know that's kind of Kind of not not our thing. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to talk about uh, the lead single uh, Sato. Uh, I hope I said that right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sato. But, um, yes. Yeah. Okay, Sato. Okay. So um, I I found it interesting that you brought up that this uh, this album is thematically tied to Saivo because wow. I found that this song was kind of halved, where you have the introduction, which is that very landscapey, you know, per, uh, no percussion kind of thing, which then goes into something that sounds a little older, which goes into something that Tuco said about uh, the album kind of having a Maet and Kawan feel. So I was curious as to like how you kind of found this in your songwriting process and why you wanted to use this as your lead single. <clears throat> well, uh, we rarely also speak about the song order uh, during the process, but actually this is the few times that we had the last song and the first song kind of ready, or when we start working on them, we kind of feel that these two songs should be the last and the first one. Kind of the Satwa is kind of this, as you said, introduction to the Alkama world and the soundscapes, and it connects to the earlier album. Uh, but the reason why it's the first single is actually from our label. And when when I heard that they want to put it out first, I was really uh, kind of suspicious, as I never had thought to it to be single. And even our music, the single, kind of feels strange for us. The whole concept, uh, yeah, yeah, of single releasing it. Uh, but but he also also kind of we talk about it, and he convinced me that, uh, and I trust him because he's out, kind of outsider. So I I I can believe his uh, arguments, and uh, we are quite happy happy about it. Yeah, I think for Tuko and me, uh, it it it's not a problem to have any song to be the first single. Yeah. It's it's the same. I think the every song uh, is as good as it could be for us. So it's it's not yeah. a kind of a relevant question in a way yeah. but, but the label want, wanted to have the software for our first single so it's yeah. okay for us and, uh, the the reintroduction of the percussive element was particularly interesting because like Saivo while it did have a percussive element it wasn't as striking as uh, previous things because you were going for that landscape that kind of static thing so Ilmari what was it like kind of bringing this percussive element back into Tenhi? Yeah, uh, it's interesting. Uh, a good question, in a way, because uh, uh, I, I, yeah, it's hard to explain. But but these things. But it was funny. Funny that uh, in Saibo, I, I I remember that I made one drum feel in the whole record, 
<laughs> and uh, and this time the first uh, first song has a <laughs> feels all over the place so it was mm. but 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 why we did this way it's it's impossible to explain i don't, yeah. I, don't I, I don't know yeah, <laughs> yeah maybe it's it's connected to i feel that also each of the songs even the acoustic songs are more not to say normal but more more this song like format that we have certain parts or, or that it that's how it feels, to, at least for me. Yeah. And maybe the drums kind of are this structural thing that also kind of connects to that, the whole idea of maybe mm. have, have more of this... Uh, um, I, I, yeah. I, re I remember that we spoke about uh, taking responsibility with instruments more. So I think maybe that's connected to why we yeah. made more percussive stuff and more... Uh, Kind of flamboyant drumming or whatever is there on this yeah. re record. I, I think that the, the, the word was res take response, uh, responsibility. Yeah, yeah, kind of be in be in the front, front, front sometimes and uh, and be present. Yeah, and and Saiva was so distant, even and and introverted. In yeah, introverted that uh, that afterwards uh, we thought that this. This record should uh, should have a different feel, and and, and drumming wise, it was a really really a kind of a easy decision in a way to 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 be more uh, in the front maybe with the drumming and and that and yeah that's 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 a good question I haven't have haven't had any thoughts about it that much but now that you asked if it seems seems that it's maybe in a way that's 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 about the presence as well. Yeah, being there in a way for the listener, and in Saivo, uh, it it was all about the the kind of being in the background and letting the music flow and in a way indifferently and 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 we like we like the normal flamboyant drum stuff of of rock and everything and it's it's not a question about taste in a way. It's just that some some songs require different approach. If it makes any sense. No, it makes total sense. It's uh, it, it's great to hear the the drumming kind of return to this because I always I always really appreciated the very active kind of sound that you found on like Vera and and Kawan and stuff. So it's it's uh it's exciting, you know. Not to say that I didn't appreciate Saivo. It, it was a great but very um like you said, introverted record. So it's, uh, it's, it's nice to hear that come back. I, I showed the, the single to a few friends and they were like, Oh yeah, the drumming, you know? <laughs> nice. Yeah, to hear. I, th I think like talking, I, I always love kind of seeing a band's journey. And I think one of the things that I've always loved about your music is that every album is different, but every album really has its own kind of ad atmosphere and attitude and, and its own kind of world. And, uh, you know, coming from Saiva, which you've said is sort of this more introspective album. And even if I'm not mistaken, the, the concept was sort of about this sort of like underwater kind of like sinking. And it almost feels like you're sinking into the, this lake and it's very lonely. Mm -hmm. And what's, what was interesting is listening to the new record. It almost feels like, uh, it's more social, let's say. Like each song yeah. is kind of like a, 
you you hear you know you hear the female vocals and you hear these little gatherings and even the acoustic songs like one of my favorites is the second song i i won't bother saying names because i'll probably mess them up but you know, it, it, yeah it's very it's very intimate but it you don't feel like you're alone like you, you've got these these gatherings and um and so yeah there, there's something about that that is and also there's a lot more major major key kind of moments and so i wanted to sort of tie this in with the press release was mentioned that you had been working on a different concept uh, about an island, uh, I guess part of a Finnish folklore of it, an island where people who go who've died of blood death, uh, and then you yeah. sort of switched it around. Um, I'm just curious, was this, were you kind of writing this, did, did the material really change when you decided to shift, or was or did you already have some more major key sounding stuff? that you decided to resurrect. I'm kind of curious about this, this kind of other group of material, like if, if that will ever be released or if that's kind of on the shelf for now. Well, well um, <clears throat> um, it, 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 the mixes and the songs were quite different in a sense uh, during this process, but I, I, there, uh, there isn't really this other mix that it would be in the you know, kind of in this first idea of the concept we had for the album or this story arc that was a kind of this backbone uh, even for the uh, cover art and for me as uh, I did the cover art uh, it in in that sense it's more obvious obvious in the artwork because it was really graphic and in a sense when I, we came up to, with the story and did some illustrations. It was only then that we kind of noticed that it was a bit strange for ten years. We never had in our music or in the artwork this um, topical, topical or uh, these current issues could be related to it or something like that. So we kind of wanted to uh, differ from that and make it more abstract thing. And then we kind of changed the. Uh, the artwork style in a sense and it kind of reflects it to the music also yeah but uh yeah uh, it was we never had this it was first time we had this kind of you could call it a concept but it we maybe because it was the first time we had this kind of thing it it feel felt uh, a bit uh, strange for us yeah. and we want to diverse from that. Yeah, there are some material that is left, but that th those songs are, I think, are uh, maybe in the future coming or whatever. But uh, I think the the whole whole idea about the backstory about uh, of this uh, ancient kind of uh, war torn village and uh, journey about to the Valkama Island and. It was uh, it was a bit a bit heavy for us. <laughs> I think yeah. I think um, our music is about the escape of the everyday reality, and uh, and uh, we are really non-political and uh, non-topical, and 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 we want to have we want to um, maybe just leave some room for the listener to. To relate and uh, to in interpret the the songs, and it was quite graphic in a way. But the major keys, I think, the major keys were there uh, 
all along in those songs, I think. And 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 it was kind of uh, maybe built in the the, the uh, graphic novel novels um, dramatic arc that there would yeah. be this kind of uh, maybe more happy spots and then maybe more darker spots and uh, yeah. I wanted to ask about the graphic novel aspect actually. This the Tuco and I had discussed, uh, but it was still in the works when uh, when we had talked three years ago or so. Uh, what uh. What what went into creating this graphic novel, and uh, is it going to be included in the vinyl edition, or is it merely going to be in that special CD edition? It's not going to be anywhere. Yeah, the, no? the whole story thing, but there will be uh, kind of some images in the art book format. Okay, but not not the whole story. I I really I wanted to do it, and I maybe will do it uh, one day because uh, it's a kind of dream of mine, and uh, kind of it's so. Even before I uh, started to play instrument, I, I was more into drawings and illustrations. And for as a creative person, it's really a one way for me to uh, express yourself. Yeah, to express myself. And so, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I was a bit even disappointed that I kind of didn't realize for this album, but it would have taken a few more years. If I made it, uh, the the idea that I had, but I'm really hap happy with the, the illustrations and uh, hope they came out come out nicely. I I definitely am curious as to you know whenever this is fully realized to to see this, but it's nice to hear that at least parts of it will be included in the the, the art book. Uh, I I know that you were very proud of your work at, at that point when we were talking, so I you know it is nice to hear that part of it will become public yeah 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 and uh, to cover all uh illustrations are um, a bit different they have kind of uh, same style as the last one the cyber but they are more colorful and we uh, we may didn't even realize though when we, uh, we made them that or when i made some of the images but they came out so colorful <laughs> Uh, but I think it's also related to the somehow to have this presence and more vibrant approach uh, to grab the, uh, the listener, but also as a kind of this, uh, well, also the eye of the listener. Kind of, yeah. uh, the art was an interesting departure as well, because like, Classically speaking, Tenhi albums have had like a landscape or some sort of like picturesque sort of image as the artwork. And this features a, a painting of a, a boat. And uh, what, what made you decide to go with this particular imagery for this album? I, did we lose them? You hear us now? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, sorry, I, I no doesn't have a clue what happened because maybe it was this Japra thing that messed up the audio input but I didn't yeah now it's I took it off and rebooted are you able to turn your camera on Tico oh yeah sorry <laughs> yep okay so it seems like John's camp now now we've lost John <laughs> <laughs> what's the time there in states now I'm in Canada Canada. And it's 1.40 uh, p.m. Okay, p.m. Oksinigo. 
Is it in the power? In the power. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Are we are you seven hours or six hours ahead? It's something like that. It's yeah, almost nine o'clock here. Okay. Yeah. So you must be seven hours. Or yeah, 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 seven hours. Which part of Canada do you live? I'm in the capital, which is Ottawa. Yeah. So okay. it's it's kind of in the center. It's right on the border of um, Quebec. So there's a, there's a there's a river that passes through that takes you all the way to the Atlantic Ocean, and on the other side of the river is Quebec. So if you cross over, everything becomes French. Um, and so we're about two hours west of Montreal, which is you know one of the big. It's like the New York of Canada. It's a big cultural you know place with a lot of art, a lot of great music. And then yeah. Toronto, Toronto is five hours west here. So in Canada, that's not very long, but I think in Europe, five hours is a long time to drive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you have a nice music scene in Ottawa. Uh, it's, I think me and my friends have just made our own music scene kind of, you know, like this kind of music, like the music that you do and the music we do with Muskox, like there isn't really a scene for that in Canada, you know, because it's like, it's it's not really folk music it's not really classical music so people don't really know what to do with it yeah. um and i think when i when i go to europe you know i see that okay whatever they call it if it's dark folk or neo folk like there's a scene for that but in canada there there are some projects coming up but um we're kind of isolated so you know myself and the cellist and muskox we kind of have our own different projects um that kind of created our own sort of scene um, but Ottawa is a very small city. It's uh, maybe it's like a million people. Um, yeah. So it, it's and even that is like the it's a big suburbs city in Finland. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> it's only one city with million people, Helsinki. Okay, and where are you in Finland? Well, actually, uh, now we are in Helsinki. Okay, the capital as well. Yeah. yeah. Have you been there? Were you born there, or have you just been there recently? Or yeah, we are from yeah, from around here. Yeah, and we work here as well. So yeah, yeah. I think in uh, in general uh, in Finland there's no neo folk or folk music scene uh, that we uh, w- would be a part as well. So yeah. it's a similar situation that it's a kind of niche thing here, but mm-hmm. but in in uh, Central Europe the kind of dark folk or whatever it is it's a part of gothic scene which is really big scene yeah. uh, at least in germany where yeah. we have been at it's a it's a different thing there and uh, i think in gothic uh gothic genre there are lots of different types of music there are machine music and then there's acoustic music and then there's uh pop and rock and uh, heavy metal and what have you but it's this big 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 um, umbrella mm. which uh encompasses different styles mm. and yeah but in finland there is only few uh bands that i think we are have some kind of relation musically yeah but basically it's that some of our songs could be put into that category in dark folk but then we have quite varied songs different so mm. it's uh, uh yeah. Our more drum-oriented songs are more more rock, pro- yeah. progressive rock. Or yeah, yeah. But, 
Well, I was, yeah, I was thinking that, and maybe I'll, I'll re-ask you this when the podcast starts, but I was kind of thinking about that because I remember when I, when I first started Muskox, you know, I was like, I got inspired by Kawan and I got inspired by, you know, Kveldsanger by Ulver. And, yeah. and I remember I got this compilation from Prophecy, which was a, a neophile compilation. And as I was reading the booklet, all the bands that I liked, the booklet said these bands aren't actually, they're not neo-folk. So I thought, okay, yeah. I, I guess I don't like neo-folk. I, but I, you know, like, and it's it's kind of interesting. And I was going to ask this later just about how, you know, your band has been around for so long, but I, I still don't think there's a genre for it. No. Yeah. no. And that to me is is amazing and very interesting. And yeah, like you said, it can fit under an umbrella, but like, you know, the, 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 the genre that I've used sometimes for muskox is like progressive chamber folk. Like, I feel like <laughs> yeah, the, those nice three word. words kind of, <laughs> you know, because I like prog rock. I like, I you know, I grew yeah. up playing classical music, but I really like folk. You know, it's like you called it like folk aesthetic. That's that's kind of the explanation of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. but I, I think that a genre can only genre only lasts when it has like a, a silly name or something that people can kind of, you know, I think. Aggressive chamber folk is a bit too long for people. <laughs> <laughs> That's a nice, nice name. Yeah, it's the best description, and I think you would fit into into that kind of kind yeah. of thing. But yeah, yeah. It, I think always best to leave the this genre categorization for others. Kind of, we, yeah, yeah. Never, we can't even say, yeah, if somebody fits us in some, uh, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. yeah. That's the problem because once there's a genre then people then it almost loses the f it like it becomes something that people aim for rather than like something that naturally can happen i find yeah, yeah. like if you think about like 70s progressive rock like they were just trying to make something new and exciting it, it, it and now when you think of prog it becomes this like box you know it's not necessarily yeah exploration right but for them it was just that's what it was yeah i i think the music from 60s and 70s uh, in today's standards is really like anarchistic music and 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 really artistic stuff that uh, it's it, it people, people need the need the boxing these days they really need to have a group or genre or uh, some kind of thing to where, where they can navigate whether they like it or not i yeah. think it's it's really surprising to listen to that 60s and 70s music and uh, it's, yeah. it's they, 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 the, the whole album is kind of chaotic and yeah, the way they mix them and even the popular music <laughs> is yeah. really uh, today's standard is really out yeah. there <laughs> kind of. yeah yeah and they all sounded different like if you compare yeah. like King Crimson and Genesis and yes and you know what like they was all or Jethro Tull or whatever it was all yeah, yeah and they made this how to say brave decisions to put some instruments really loud and kind of this yeah. thing but nowadays it's just too harmonized and too plain kind of yeah 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 John are we all good or yeah I had to restart my computer a few times <laughs> right, all good, good. But I didn't want to interrupt because you guys were having a good conversation. <laughs> but uh, I don't know if we want to get back into it. Uh, I can re-ask the question that I asked. Well, or, uh, if yeah, you remember, we can just kind of hop into it. 
Yeah. Uh, so I, I brought up that um, previous Tenhi albums had these very landscapey kind of uh, or like naturalistic sorts of artworks where you had uh, you know the 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 river and lake on Kauan and the tree in Vera and uh, you know I was curious as to with this painted artwork uh, which is something you did on Maya. Uh, what what led you to uh, this aesthetic particularly? Well, uh, yeah, it's true that actually, even in the inlay of the album, uh, there are more dispersions in the images and not so landscape. But I, I can't really point out a reason or was it intentional. Somehow we kind of can kind of continue. It continues the artwork of the Saivo album, but it's more colorful now. And the, thematically, the boat that is can be seen in the cover artwork on and in the some other illustrations. It's kind of uh, also connected to the thematically to the concept uh, as the boat kind of represents this. Uh, it could be a uh, this um, uh, vessel vessel to kind of. Uh, you can travel between worlds and uh, it could be this uh, shelter in a sense or it could be even a coffin or a kind of so it's a thematically could represent many things and uh, it, it when we did some illustrations so that particularly kind of stood out and kind of rep- represents the Album in a sense that it kind of feels that this we could use this as the our uh, artwork, but it's true that uh, we have now have kind of these last two albums. Uh, there's much of these uh, hand drawing elements, but uh, yeah, we yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wanted to ask um, something more about the composition and the arrangement side of Tenhi, because um, it, it always feels like when it comes to this genre of music, or as we were talking about, it doesn't quite have a name. Uh, I always felt like your arrangements and your compositions and the detail in them is really what sets Tenhi apart. Um, there's always these different kind of changes or unexpected turns. And so I was actually curious if either of you have done some formal music training in composition or in or in your per, or in your instruments, uh, because you also, aside from the compositions, you all play incredibly well. And so I was just curious what your backgrounds were uh, musically. Well, I have this more academic background in music, and Tuko is this wild child <laughs> in, yeah. in, in our band, uh, uh, in a way that uh, uh, my history with music started with piano when I was four. And, uh, and then I shifted to drums, and then I shifted to guitar and bass, and uh, uh, my approach uh, to music was more in an in a academic side in my early, early teen years. And uh, Tuko is just a music lover and, uh, and a visionary kind of a person, and, and, and of course Tuko can play instrument guitar and sing and piano as well but you are self-taught yeah and i only started to play in my teenage years so uh as i told previously the art uh, drawing has been for me the creative thing 
before the teenage years when I started to play instrument. Yeah. And uh, you know, speaking of backgrounds, I wanted to ask Ilmari this because I had uh, uh, accidentally asked, asked Tuco about Mother Depth. And uh, I was curious about this band because there isn't a lot of information out there about it and uh, even fewer MP3s. So, Lamari, what, what can you tell us about your old band, Mother Depth? Well, uh, it was so many years ago, but uh, it was my first band uh, uh, that uh, I think it could be called a doom metal band or heavy metal band or whatever. And... Uh, 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 a lot of those guys are uh, involved with us um, at the moment as well. And uh, uh, it was my kind of uh, introduction to making music and uh, and playing loud and <laughs> having fun. And, uh, uh, and, and, and those things are not happening with Tenny. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah. But uh, actually, we in the this art is it college or college maybe yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, Ilmari was still in Mother Depth and I uh, came uh, has started the Tenhi project and uh, I nowadays I feel that those two have emerged together yeah. because there are some kind of even I think in the, even on Valkama there are some riffs from riffs from those <laughs> times <laughs> yeah. so yeah. Yeah, that, I think you're absolutely correct that those bands have emerged. Your uh, initial uh, kind of demo tape times uh, emerged with our doom metal. And uh, I think that this is a kind of amalgamation of those two elements today. Yeah. And maybe in, 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 in Cow One, those elements were not there yet. Yeah. It was maybe... When I, I composed some things, they were really kind of folky and not doomy, and, and your stuff was uh, maybe maybe towards uh, black metal stuff in a, in a sense, but not really, yeah. but in a sense. And, 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 and from those times, those two worlds have uh, kind of been mixed together. In a, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, we have some uh, recordings, uh, of course, but, but uh, of of Mother Depth, and uh, but but I think those times are not relevant in in that sense that those two elements have really merged together. So so uh, and 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 possibly in the future, <coughs> then his stuff will have more, even more kind of. Um, Heavier elements as well. We don't know. Maybe. And when Tenhi, uh, when Tenhi uh, started, I'm kind of curious. So Tico, you started it before Elmari joined. I guess a year later or so is what I read. Um, when you were starting Tenhi with the early demos, um, I'm kind of just curious. What were maybe some of your original influences? Because you know, around that time would have been the Oliver acoustic album Kvaltsanger that came out. I wonder if that was an influence, and if not, what were some of the albums or artists that were kind of inspiring you to to start Tenhi? Yeah, surely Ulver was one of the bands I listened to very much at those times. But maybe it, it was even the early album is Bergtat called and <laughs> Ulver's demo. I can't remember the name, but uh, we. Yeah, uh, those were the 
times we really traded tapes and uh, got uh, got the Ulver demo at some friend and and uh, at those times many of these Norwegian black metal bands that I listened that they started to make these acoustic more acoustic oriented albums and uh, that is folk influences in the metal music and I have also liked the in the black metal what especially kind of intrigues me is the the soundscapes the kind of this raw analog not analog but this um, low five even soundscapes that kind of just the at- overall atmosphere and not uh, technical uh, kind of aspects of the yeah. music and this uh, still intrigues me the kind of how different sounds can evoke emotions so i feel that even in our music we have this could be said that, that some parts are really unprofessionally mixed or kind of the sounds aren't that high quality in the normal sense but as we play our instruments and even when we buy new instrument we always uh, search that it's, it's the instrument should have some personality and and the sound should sound already could kind of help to tell the story but yeah yeah the original question was about the influences so i, I guess the main influences was this uh, metal band uh, metal bands uh, but i remember that yeah. you listened to doors and black sabbath and these kind of classic rock yeah, things also, as well yeah the from the 70s i always yeah. loved the, those sounds still rock rock Well, uh, it's a funny thing that I think that my musical taste has made this big circle that uh, uh, I still listen to those same bands that I listened to in the teenage years. And I guess it's the same for everyone that in those times, the music kind of makes this big influence to you and your life and your decisions. And you, as, as a teenager, you kind of, your emotions are kind of this really... How to say in a surface? In the surface, yeah, and you really feel everything very strongly, so it leaves a mark. So I guess still those bands, uh, I like love to listen to them. It's it's funny uh, for me personally. I I, I rarely uh, listen to anything because we are so involved and intensely in our own uh, music, and and we. Uh, I think uh, we compose and and we and mix and uh, edit and all these things all, all the time. So uh, it's um, in a way when we listen to music after we have done our own thing, it's maybe it's more like a brains to the wall kind of stupid uh, music that is not anything like our music. In a way, yeah. it, it could be some kind of old death metal or whatever you have but it doesn't influence us but but it's kind of way to relax in a way to um yeah to ease our brain you know we don't want to think anything uh too uh close to our music in a way yeah at least for me it's it's kind of a way to vent out these kind of uh fumes or what what have you fresh yeah yeah yeah, Yeah. refreshing our palate just to like listen to kind of Stupid nonsense from the teenage years, yeah. maybe. Yeah, on the topic of influences, another thing that I find that I've always really loved about 
uh, Tenhi, is uh, the way that you incorporate groove. Uh, I think that in folk music, a lot of nature folk stuff, things tend to be very, you know, relaxed, and there are relaxed parts in Tenhi, but I find that the grooves and the way the drums work, uh, sometimes it almost sounds like it's hip-hop, which I don't know if that's uh, ever been an influence at all, maybe not. Um, uh, but uh, it, there's this sense of, I don't know, yeah, groove is the best way I can I can put it, Where uh, and, and maybe that's a completely left-field question, but... Uh, it's just something I, I sort of noticed. Uh, and, and seeing that the project started in the 90s, there was a lot of good hip-hop in the 90s. <laughs> well, that's, I think, a wonderful question. I've never heard our music being uh, related to hip-hop in, a, in, a, in any way, but, uh, we, but we, we love groove things, and we, uh, especially in Valkama, we really... Uh, crafted the kind of bass and drum parts really well and uh, I, I think we we had this kind of uh, even Motown kind yeah. of uh, era when when we listened to a lot of Motown bass parts and uh, Motown drumming and and uh, maybe so maybe there's some kind of really narrow bridge to hip hop there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because hip hop would be sampling Motown records. Yeah. Yeah. Using yeah. those drum sounds and grooves. Yeah. So yeah, that, I guess it's not a big leap. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's uh, not I remember that we listened yeah. to a lot of, of Motown stuff and uh, and uh, about, yeah. about the kind of the the role of drum and bass in our music. That that, that is usually in this kind of music it's not that relevant but for us I think we want to uh, really kind of make those parts kind of uh, at, at, at least the, the most uh, visible or or, or audible uh, part is the last song. I think that's almost like a Motown song. Motown song. Aina yeah. Sinin and Aina is there. There's the kind of bass and drum, which is as close as Motown as then he can go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we on this album we really put emphasis on on the bass bass yeah. more than on earlier records. I think to kind of have these grooves maybe going on, if you can call them that in our music. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> well, it reminds me of my favorite. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. Hey, but uh, I just uh, that the question was. Uh... I think that was a remarkable question, <laughs> in a way. I've never heard anything like that, but now that you mention it, it's it's quite obvious, yeah. Well, it, it reminds me of my favorite Tenhi groove, which is in Kuopa, especially the vocal intro. It, uh, there's that, that kind of upbeat thing going on. Uh, what, uh, like, I mean, obviously there's the, the, the Motown you were listening to, but, like, when, when crafting these grooves, like, what, what goes into com composing something like that? Because, like, there's, there's nothing else like that in this type of music. Uh, or uh, like in Kuopa, song. Like in Kuopa, or like any song with with a groove like that. Yeah, well, in Kuopa, it's uh, it really starts from the groove, and uh, and it grows from there. And uh, I think there's lots of um, similar things in this shamanic repetition uh, and uh, and and having a groove. And. Yeah. Um, and, and and sometimes we build really simple grooves, and sometimes the, it can be quite mathematical, even where, uh, where when 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 the groove is like um, in one song, I remember there is uh, this kind of uh, pattern that 
goes into one and it goes to the two and it goes to the three and it goes to the four and it goes to the five and then it goes back to the one and then it goes back to the two and it goes this kind of uh, really kind of um, makes this kind of shamanistic circle the group yeah. and and uh, is that an arut amujan i think it, there's a song in that an uh, amujan where it's like like the piano's like yeah that's what i was thinking of yeah you're a really clever dude <laughs> you put it that well <laughs> yeah but the song that i was referring to is uh on folk aesthetic the koiralainen peura yeah yeah it, 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 but in arut and there is a song and and that is correct that that i think that groove goes as well uh in this yeah. kind of loopy kind of uh hip hoppy uh, shamanistic yeah. <laughs> groovy way Okay, I think we found the genre now. Yeah. <laughs> Ten years hip hop. That's it. Yeah. Shamanistic hip hop group. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, there, there was really, a... sometimes it's really simple, simple things, and 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 we enjoy really simple things. And sometimes it's uh, yeah. a lot of lot a little bit more uh, fine tuned, yeah. but detailed it, things. It also, can be two or more simple things in different patterns yeah. and then kind of connecting and then flowing apart yeah. and then again yeah it's uh but maybe, I wanted to, uh, yeah yeah because i was thinking about that because especially in um uh the i believe it's the second last song it's the one that you had shared on facebook um sorry i lost my question for a second oh yeah so what i noticed is that because i was talking about composition so there's a lot of detail in the composition but sometimes the guitars sound like they're more improvised like they're not really following each other they're sort of kind of filling in space so i was wondering how much of is improvisation a, a role in your composition where i think most of the parts are really thought through thought out through through um yeah. but uh but we always want to leave, so, leave that, that that they sound lively and not not so uh uh how to say, uh, I've beaten out of them, <laughs> but but yeah, we have certainly yeah, yeah. some parts are improvised or uh, kind of in some sections of the song could be totally improvised things. And, but uh, generally, I would say that we kind of uh, really think them through at least the arrangement, but maybe then the mm. yeah, I don't know how to layers do. maybe yeah. are yeah. improvised. Yeah, and I think the performance many uh, many times is uh um you know in 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 this kind of uh with feel that it's uh it it could be be improvised in a way that i think we we'll like to leave that kind of a uh kind of looseness and and uh expression in in in, in the playing yeah. and that goes that ties back to the fact that we uh, using instruments that, in a way, in a in a traditional way, are quite bad, but for us, they they kind of bring the story to yeah. the song. And and I think for both of us, the the kind of mo modern kind of metal or modern music, which is uh, made with uh, this uh, computer instruments or this kind of things. They 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 are kind of uh, they lack the kind of feel and the kind of thing that we are looking that uh, yeah in a, in a way that those kind of uh, we want to ha have this kind of organic feel and uh, and um, yeah it's yeah 
quite hard to explain, but yeah, there is some ex uh, improvisation and 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 like in Valkama, most of the parts are played through always. There is no uh, uh, comping of of takes or whatever. Yeah. They, they are like from the start to beginning uh, uh, to the end. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they are uh, one take things. So of course there are there there are lots of mistakes in a way or or. Uh, looseness or not yeah. played in the tempo or uh, or uh, happy accidents even. Yeah. I think that like what you're talking about and I, I would never because you say sometimes that you play it badly which I don't think anyone would ever agree with but I think part of the part of acoustic music and especially with Ten he is hearing the the hands on the guitar hearing the squeaks hearing the all those different things I almost think of it like a painting where you see the thick and if you see where the brush left the paint the the canvas right like you can really kind of see see the the artist at work and i think that that's yeah, something yeah. that has always been a, a big part of tenny's music is feeling that kind of that 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 uh i guess texture you know i always think of music yeah, kind right. of like food you know like you you take a yeah. bite of something sometimes it has a certain texture and i think that sounds uh would have that in in a way sure yeah, yeah, that's really important for us. As I told, um, the sounds of the instruments and that sometimes uh, leaves us in a type lead us to troubles because uh, we, as I told, get really love these old acoustic instruments, but they maybe don't keep in tune or something problems with those that, and so it's this struggle between the the sound and uh, to get some story out, but then yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's uh, about textures and uh, leaving leaving the kind of um, the, the kind of fingerprints. And, yeah, and we also talk about that. I have noticed that when we compose some song, maybe on some acoustic guitar, but then we start to record it with another guitar. So it really it's totally changed and it doesn't anything similar. So we have to go back to the original the original guitar on yeah. which the riff was composed or the song was composed to. Because it's uh, such a small nuances. It's some, some notes really kind of sound the way we want it, and ma made the riff and make the kind of the emphasis on different notes on that guitar. So it's have to be the same guitar when we record. It makes me think of the introduction to Naki Laulu. Um, there's uh, there are specific notes that might not necessarily be in tune, but it, it yeah. works. Yeah. Yeah, totally might be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, people uh, tend to notice different things, and 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 the kind of uh, if 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 uh, we have a detuned or out out of tune guitars, uh, sometimes we don't even notice them, and uh, and sometimes we are really strict about how how uh, closely the tuning is to each other, and uh, it, yeah. it, it it's. It, it, there's no or, or method or pattern or anything to it, but yeah. I was curious, um, when it comes to making music, now, I imagine you two have jobs and lives and those kinds of things. Um, do you two have a schedule? Like, are you meeting every Saturday and making music? Or do you, is it a thing where, like, you're always working, even if you're not going to release an album anytime soon? Like, is it, do you always kind of have a more of, strict schedule maybe well exactly <laughs> actually almost every saturday we meet at the studio uh to work on something doing the music together together yeah. yeah but as 
individuals we are working whenever whenever yeah. and I, I personally i do stuff almost every day something yeah, yeah and especially in the sometimes we have usually have this one week that we spend um with doing music somewhere in Finland, summer cottages, so stuff like that. But, but yeah, it's yeah. We try to keep keep the once in a week uh, rhythm uh, together, in a way to have uh, this kind of common sense where we are heading. And and, and I guess in those moments, is it sort of like I, I wonder if if are you playing instruments, mixing, mastering? Like, is it just? kind of always one like is it always a mix of things or do you like to start with playing and or do you sometimes just meet and just spend your time mixing all the above i think sometimes we we uh play and um mix and uh play again or sometimes we just mix uh, it, it's yeah. it, 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 there's no 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 one one thing for us i think it, it depends on what's happening and in our lives or in, in our music now we have been making music videos, the lyrics, lyric lyric vi- videos, yeah, yeah. and uh, that's the whole whole another thing for us. Yeah, or or we can just go through ideas for the artwork or something like that. So it's uh, whatever is up, and or even during the mixing process or the last stages stages of the Valkama, we already started to work something new, just to have a small break because it. It's had already took so long, long with Valkama, so we just thought that it really doesn't matter if we spend some weeks off from it or something like that. Yeah. I wanted to go back to something that Ilmari had said earlier about the mathematical element of creating Tenhi music, because there, there's a there's a song on Mayat, and I don't remember the title, but the the cello line is that. Which song is that? But it's so the groove in that song is in ten, not ten. not five, but ten. Yeah, but it's ten. Yeah. Saline. And, saline. Yeah, saline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it yeah, saline? Yeah. Okay, yeah, saline. That's right. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. yeah. yeah it goes to ten. But, uh, yeah. So, uh, so the way that you count that is like how you would count it in Indian classical music. Either one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, one, two, like that. Uh, I studied Indian classical music, so that, that's something I know. But like when when crafting that, like did you set out with that kind of groove in mind? Did you want it to be in that time signature, or was it just like a natural thing? I think Yuko came with that part, and yeah. and you didn't even think about the the yeah. time signature at all. Yeah. And and when we started to make the song together. And I had my drumsticks in my hand, and I tried to play it. I, I immediately understand there's something wrong with this part. <laughs> <laughs> and, and 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 then th- that kind of counting yeah. came to the yeah. song. And, and and I think with Tuko, uh, it's really great to have this kind of um, like I said, he he's he's not kind of academic. It's just uh, the way that he feels the part should be, and and uh, that's kind of nice. Uh, nice um, kind of contrast to making mm. uh, making purely uh, mathematical things in a way that, that there is kind of a those worlds collide in a way you know yeah. that, that uh, I, I, I may may have more like a academic way of doing and 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 sometimes he makes riff that he even that he doesn't know what's the time signature and uh, yeah. and and there's a kind of 
um, thing happening there. Yeah. It's definitely a peculiar riff, and I remember like finally figuring out what time signature it was in. Because, <laughs> like, counting to counting to ten eight is like that's a very rare thing. So yeah. it was. It's very cool hearing that flow so nicely in a song, especially yeah. since you change time signatures for the chorus and everything like that. Yeah, I remember that uh, when we recorded Maat, we thought that it would be kind of this really rock banging <laughs> record yeah. album and. Uh, and I, and I had just taken two beers and I was just sitting with my drumstick behind the drums and he started to play the riff and I was what the fuck is this, man? And I almost just the drums. And, Please, give me something simple. <laughs> yeah. uh, there was actually one more song I wanted to ask about on, on my, the Vahina and Viola Tisa. Uh, that, the way that that song is orchestrated, it's so dense and beautiful. Uh, and that wanted me to ask, that led me to ask about orchestration in general uh, with so many instruments and so many things that each of you play. Uh, how do you know which instrument you want to use? And like when a melody line comes in, how do you pick like the right kind of texture? Uh, well, I, I think it's, um, we try out a lot of stuff usually. It's, it's, like we have many songs that uh, have been recorded with drums, but then we just mute the drums and leave it acoustic. So we kind of really try different things out, and uh, not with all songs, but uh, that's the way to kind of find the best uh, uh, arrangement or the instrumentation for it. Uh, but uh, yeah, in in Vahena Violetis, uh, it was a really peculiar thing because uh, Hugo has this uh, wonderful uh, uh, grand piano, but it was totally in a different tune. Yeah. That we couldn't play the guitars um, together with the piano, so I had to play the piano parts with drums only. And I improvised a lot of the piano parts without hearing the guitars at all. So it was uh, uh, about the, the, the kind of um, the web that the guitar parts and the piano parts uh, make. And there was this kind of uh, really a, a, a lot of happy accidents and uh, a, a lot of this kind of uh, I uh, intuitive thing that uh, was going on there because the piano was in a, in a totally different uh, tuning and we had to make the tuning later yeah. to fit with the guitar so um, uh, but, but I think that's the maybe the only song that ever uh, this has uh, happened uh, but yeah, but it's it's uh, um, it, it was really peculiar uh, accident in a way. But mostly, I think the most interesting and maybe the best uh, parts that we have ever done are this kind of a happy accident, uh, yeah. as well as happy planning and happy composing. Yeah. In a way, there's lots of things happening, and 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 when we have, uh, and sometimes when we think that we have this. Uh, thing figured out it doesn't play that uh, yeah, in, and we try at, to at, at all reapproach it the same way yeah. it doesn't work at all yeah so it's, so it's uh, a <coughs> and, and, and that's part of, of the thing that why our uh, albums take so long time because yeah. we we kind of um we uh, there's a lot of this kind of uh, trial and error and trial and error and uh, and and things that uh maybe your traditional bands wouldn't even think of, maybe. 
Uh, Were there any happy accidents on Valkama that led to further orchestration and composition? Yeah, sure, many. Yeah, I can't really point some exact moment, but yeah, there yeah, certainly are. I, I remember that. That's that, that, <laughs> a long time. Ago. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but at least in Sato, I remember that uh, the the, the uh, drum parts in the uh, at the end of the song were not meant at, at all to the song. Yeah, yeah, and, and that those kind of things that we just tried and uh, and and it fit it fit the whole compo- composition so well. And there are a lot of these things. But uh, but but I think in general, uh, Valkama was really planned and laid out in a way more than our previous albums, maybe. Yeah, yeah, but a lot of happy accidents. As well. <laughs> I wanted to ask, um, and probably you're going to get this question a million times, so hopefully this is the first time, so you're not as annoyed by it. But uh, so you did a, sh- a short tour in 2008, and then in 2015 you played Prophecy Fest, and I think I remember you get reading that you know it was difficult to get good sound on stage, and it was maybe not I- ideal. <laughs> um, but uh, I was curious if if Tenhi would ever consider doing a concert, maybe like where you're in full control, where maybe in a se- in a theater where you can control the visual elements, the lights, the sound, where really it's just an evening with Tenhi, because I think people would travel around the world to see that. Yeah, if, if I think that would be the situation that we could maybe uh, play live, because uh, we definitely in re- in early years we did play live more often, but now we haven't played, and it's kind of different world for us as uh, I and Ilmari really um, kind of are the creative and the main members of Tenhi doing a lot of the um, stuff ourselves and uh, when we play, play live there are, might be five more members on session musicians with us uh, and the, the hard part for us is that what we talked about earlier about the textures in our music and the small nuances that we really can't replicate in live situation of course, there uh, it's different situation, and there might, might be happening a lot of beautiful things in in that ex- exact moment when you play live, and you have the audience, and it's uh, the feel is totally different. But somehow we we are really this uh, uh, our mindset is really we want to be in control. As as when we do the albums, we are we basically do everything ourselves from recording and mixing and mastering and even the cover al- album artwork and so on. So the live situation is that we hand out the, it for others. And it's it, it it's totally different. It's uh, it, I really enjoy the live shows when you have made them, but uh, it seems that now we we have, have nothing planned. But I, I certainly think that if we would play live, it would be maybe this more concert, with people even sitting. Uh, because our music really is in this uh, party music, <laughs> so you can just relax and listen to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think the new the new album when I listened to it because you know as we talked about, Saivo is this very deep kind of textural listen, whereas Valkama is you can really hear and see all the instruments. I feel like when I listen to that album, I almost feel like I'm seeing the band playing it. Like I feel like the music on this album would work very well in a live setting. Yeah, it's true that this album is more, in in a sense, more traditional song approach uh, 
that yeah it could work but yeah yeah but uh <laughs> we are really keen on uh now the plan is to do new, do more music and get it hopefully out <laughs> much much sooner than this album <laughs> so it's uh, there are a lot of material already or ideas going coming so we will see yeah you know, and, and speaking of the, the lengthy period of time that led to this, this uh, Valkama is going to be uh, introducing Tenhi to a new generation of listeners. So how does yeah. how does that feel to you, given your history and the amount of music you've already released? Y- yeah, it's uh, we are quite anxious to. Uh, we were already uh, wondering if our older uh, fans or remember us because it's they are already. Uh, questions that they are, have already died. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> are we still around? Because at some point we, well, I told that we are not that active in social media or, or stuff like that. But at some point we even got really frustrated to ourselves to put any news out because we really didn't know how long this should take. Still, so we just yeah. kept this radio silence and. Uh, People thought that we have uh, stopped making music, but uh, it's nice to hear. Uh, notice that I, th- I think many of the older fans are still around, and uh, yeah, it's true that maybe this new generation is coming. And uh, uh, the first single, <laughs> maybe, is this. How do you say waterline? Oh, how, what's the word? But to uh, kind of Dividing, uh... divides the those who really don't like our music and those who like our music because it's not really this traditional single song and in your face and uh, kind of this TikTok, TikTok, TikTok generation <laughs> so it's <laughs> if you like the first single then you might enjoy the whole album well and uh, i think that releasing satue as the the lead single is really interesting because there is an, an element of patience with that song where yeah. like, you know the 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 existing tenhi fans know what's coming but to a new fan they might not have expected the percussive second half so yeah. it's uh I, I think that those who like have the patience for this type of music will be greatly rewarded yeah yeah it's, i mm. think the patience is quite good word in our music to and even the silence between the notes and kind of its silence parts and lingering moments are essential for our music. I wanted to ask I you agree. about... Oh, sorry. No, sorry. Oh, go ahead. Uh, uh, well, if you were going to build on it, I, I have a separate question. Go for it. So we talked about the groove part of Tenhi and, and for me, like uh, the, the nylon string acoustic guitar is one of my favorite instruments. It's I've spent years and years playing it and I feel like it's a it's kind of a it's not treated very well in music i think people when they hear a classical guitar they think of you know a guy in a suit playing a classical recital and that's it and i feel like it's a very deep and beautiful instrument and one of the reasons i love tenhi so much is because that instrument really takes the foreground in a lot of the lead guitar parts and um i guess i was just curious what your relationship is to to that instrument um and yeah, and, and I don't know, maybe have you had any training with it or is it just something that you discovered and kind of stuck with? Well, I think we both love uh, uh, classical nylon stringed guitars and we love steel string uh, kind of normal, you know, what, what are they called? Country steel or string. Yeah. Steel yeah. string guitars. We, I, I think we have a love for both. 
but um, the the classical nylon string guitar has this kind of voice that is really human and uh, it can um, project melodies and uh, voicings much better than the the steel string can. It's more r rhythmic parts. So yeah. yeah, and and for Tuco, it's a uh, you many times you mentioned how how you love the per percussiveness, the per per yeah. percussionness, the percussion like um, uh, features of the, yeah. the the classical guitar, and uh, the finger picking style. Yeah, yeah. the finger picking and, uh, and and it's really really a dear instrument to us. I think it's it it's. It fits nicely between kind of a. It, it has the kind of melodic uh, abilities like violin or piano, uh, as well as kind of percussiveness like drums. So it's really a different animal than the uh, class, the the standard steel string yeah. acoustic. Yeah, and I also it's always uh, around. I, I think that yeah. it's easy to pick up, and we have it with us almost. Yeah. Wherever we go, so it's many of the songs are composed with acoustic guitars, and then maybe even translated to piano. And the yeah. song doesn't even have the uh, acoustic guitar anymore, but the main riffs might be composed with with acoustic, especially in nylon string guitar. Yeah, mm. I think we have uh, at least ten of ten different nylon uh, string acoustic guitars. Uh, I wanted to ask about the Harma album because. Uh, you know, Nathaniel had run up Iru Amuyan, and uh, I found that uh, that album obviously was meant to be a different project at the time, and it was starker. So, when when writing that album, like what, how, how was it different when uh, making this more stripped down version of Tenhi music? I think that the time was when we were doing Maat. Yeah, same same time. Yeah, same time, and yeah. and and we thought and and. We had this creative uh, streak going with Tuko, and uh, the third person that was involved uh, at the time was not uh, uh, involved anymore. Yeah, he in, was kind of drifting away from drifting the band. Away, yeah, and 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 we had this kind of really creative moment, and uh, and and we needed uh, another kind of thing going on besides Maat to yeah. to. to Kind of express ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I think the Ilmari wrote all the piano parts and recorded them, and then we are uh, together. We arranged the drums and the bass and uh, recorded those and did the vocal tracks. But uh, it, it it was quite a different approach than the normal album, and that's why we originally or, originally wanted to re uh, release it. On different name because uh, it was just two of us, and it wasn't the rest of the ten hit those times. So, um, but later we felt that it's it's as ten hit album as any album. Yeah. So we kind of re or prophecy released it under the ten hit label, and it's basically ten hit album. So it's um, yeah. Yeah, but it's really stripped down in yeah. a way. I think there is uh, not this kind of multi-layered approach that our every other album has. Yeah, it has uh, has just few elements, but uh, uh, I st still think that it's it, it is quite nice, quite quite coherent uh, piece. 
it, it really is a beautiful album. It's one of my favorite things that both of you have done. Actually, it's uh, it, it's very special to me, and uh, I, I like hearing kind of the the roots of everything that's happening because Ten Heat music can be very orchestrated. So it's nice to hear kind of the the spine of everything. As yeah. It were. Yeah. The <clears throat> the idol title in front is uh, it was meant to be this more experimental if you can be more experimental in our music in a sense but uh, but uh maybe at th- that time it felt that yeah, it could be released under this but actually there might be something in the future that we still uh, want to differ from our kind of this main main uh, vision of ten hit yeah, yeah it's a kind of in a way it's a side concept for um making something different the idol kind of saga in a way yeah. and and yeah there might be some other things and, and and we have some ideas that we are introducing some new elements to our music as well and maybe those are under the Irot saga name exactly and in terms of you know different kind of side projects that are still under the umbrella of Tenhi uh, I noticed Prophecy is releasing Kaski, if that's pronounced right, as its own album now. And originally that was on Folk Aesthetic. Um, was there a reason that you you didn't originally release that as a separate album? Because it is quite different, but again, it still falls under the umbrella. And, and does it feel good to see it released as its own album now? Yeah, it's uh, those songs are from different periods of time and really recorded in different circumstances and different equipment and uh, kind of we kind of uh, just looked our archives and what we could find there when we made the folk aesthetic to have uh, kind of this in a way still interesting songs that might not end up in a in a more this coherent albums yeah. but uh, but now we uh, kind of feel that Especially, I, I really like the album concept that I don't like this have these separate bonus songs hanging around. So kind of it feel right to have this Basky uh, album title and released as its own. And uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I think there are really good material, so it's we are not ashamed at all. But uh, yeah, and I, I actually really love some of the songs and the sounds, especially there. Like what's the the high, yeah, the piano. Yeah, I think it was recorded some old tape deck. Yeah, C tape. Yeah. yeah, I really liked the the tape. You can hear the tape kind of worn out tape. Yeah, yeah, yeah but I think at, at the time when we made the folk aesthetic, we we thought that um, those songs would uh, kind of uh, give a different side from our music. Which is more raw and uh, not that uh, layered and uh, kind of a different feel. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, building off of the the reissue element, there is an, a full catalog reissue happening uh, in a box set. Yeah. And uh, when revisiting all of this, were there any <laughs> memories that popped up from these sessions? Uh, and what was it like, kind of re- revisiting your entire catalog of music as Ten Heat? Uh, yeah, it's certainly, it's almost 25 years that we have had this band going on, or even more, I'm, I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, 
nice memories. Nothing kind of uh, uh, especially comes to mind, but of course, yeah, you can really kind of sense the circumstances that you were doing that album. Especially for me, the as the Maet and the Irish Army and both of those albums, I remember very vividly the main kind of sessions that we recorded those that we spent on each album one week uh, our summer my summer cottage and uh, we're really in this if you can call in this zone uh, kind of doing the music 24 hours almost yeah and uh, yeah those great memories from those times yeah. Did you ever think that when you started Tenhe it would go this long? Well, I uh, certainly didn't think about it, but it makes total sense because it's really essential part of our lives. So, kind of, kind of, it feels so natural that we keep on doing it and expressing ourselves. So, it's not this kind of band that you can just quit. Uh, yeah, if you yeah. make sense. <laughs> <laughs> I have tried to quit many times. <laughs> yeah, he, he won't let me. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that, as we uh, are creative persons, I, I question. Yeah, yeah, and I think this kind of the thing here in our lives is kind of this holy cow. In a way that it's the only thing that you don't have to make compromises with. Every yeah. other aspect of life is about making compromises, and uh, and uh, and I think it it kind of balances the the kind of really shitty aspects of life uh, that there's always this kind of place to go and have uh, have a nice escape of the everyday horror, <laughs> in a sense. Maybe Tenhe, the project is Valkama. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's the uh, kind of ideal or escape that only music can bring. Now I'm going to ask a really loaded question, but uh, you know, obviously, you you've made so much music and so many albums. Do either of you have a favorite Tenhe album that you've made? Well, uh, hmm, there are aspects in each album that. I like, but generally, I I think the main one that I go back to listen to is actually the Maat. Uh, that's for me, it somehow stands out, and also the Kawan album. Maybe those two kind of, for some reason. I, personally, I, I I can't listen to any of them. <laughs> uh, we, the the time we have spent with those records is is so gigantic that we know every second and millisecond of those records that there's no point of listening to those records anymore i can't stand to listen to any of them <laughs> oh there <laughs> <laughs> i was curious uh and then you can answer or not answer but i was curious about just sort of everyday lives like do you what are your jobs or do you have families do they like tenhi i'm just kind of curious about that yeah we we have um jobs so tenhi's uh that's over so i 
is one important aspect that we are not in kind of related to Tenhu that we don't have to think any commercial aspects, aspects of the music. We can just totally do whatever we want and uh, whenever we want. Uh, but yeah, we have families and uh, well, uh, for me, they know no no that I play in a band. <laughs> 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 but yeah, it's as I know that's choking. But uh, yeah, it's uh, as I told. For me, it's the es escape room from every everything. So I I really want to keep everything else out of it. Kind of yeah, it's my uh, playground for but, me. Yeah, for but, us. but but both of our uh, children play instruments as well. So I think yeah. that it it they can it, replace us. They soon. can replace us soon. Yeah. <laughs> We are, we are trying to make that kind of transition yeah. happening. <laughs> <laughs> so they can do the mixing and the fade outs and you can just go on vacation. That would be great. <laughs> that would be just fantastic. A 10 he 2.0. There we yeah. go. Work in process. Yeah. <laughs> but really, they just want to hip hop. And you say, no, 10 he is hip hop. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, my daughter only loves classical music, so... <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> Todd, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's sim I think in a similar way we are in a creative field, but we're not making music as our uh, main uh, source of income or livelihood. Yeah, but we are doing creative things. But uh, this is a special place, and this is a kind of a uh, this, like I said, this kind of uh, interesting place to escape and uh, uh, and be a child again in a way because uh, we are quite old <laughs> gentlemen <laughs> but it's nice to <laughs> have this kind of place where you can just um, feel free as a child do you do any um, studio work for other projects like mixing mastering or engineering god no <laughs> <laughs> well yeah. We have made in the past. We have made made um, some uh, recording for others, but uh, it's really impossible nowadays because all our own stuff takes so much time. So we we don't want to uh, kind of spend so valuable time. Yeah. For we and we could actually get some requests now and then to. If they could come to record our studio, or, or could we mix their album or songs and or master? But uh, it's all really flattering, of course. But uh, as we really don't think ourselves as professionals in that field, mm. uh, I think ours, yeah, we really like to do things maybe a bit unorthodox way. Uh, so it's uh, it not might fit for others, even if they might think so that. They want the same sounds, but if we start work on it, it might not really be what they are after. And, uh, and uh, the other approach is that, as as we talked about earlier, that we don't want to make compromises. And of course, when you work with other artists, you have to uh, value their point of view and kind of then and then we just mm. uh, came just this working glove. I don't know if that's the expression, but yeah, so we. Yeah, but of course it's uh, yeah it would be interesting if we would have the time. But I think our way we work is so s slow and uh, kind of that it 
would make sense finan- financially either to yeah if yeah. I think this makes no sense financially. <laughs> yes, no. <laughs> <laughs> but but if you want to check out the Maria Matlar uh, album which we made with Tuko, that's heard uh, that one. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a quite a nice record, and we gave a lot of thought and love and energy to that recording. Yeah. And uh, but 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 after that, it made it more clear that uh, it it could. Ne- oh, yeah. It, it's really hard to make <coughs> our our approach to fit anyone. Yeah. It it in a way it became too much our record. Yeah, and we yeah. It, it was ten here record in a way, it, and 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 we thought that. It, that Tuko could sing the vocals and it could be ten hit record and it's it, yeah <laughs> it, yeah it, it was not hers in a, that way yeah yeah and she wanted to make another record with us but then we said that no we we, we can't yeah but uh, in a way it would uh, we always fantasized that it would be so nice to make music for, uh, as as living but 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 uh, there is this kind of um, it's kind of two-edged sword thing that I think the commercial aspect would affect our expression too much. Mm. And it's kind of a nice thing, at least for now, that it the the kind of the money issues are are uh, irrelevant, and it's all about about us having fun and playing and uh, and uh, imagining things and. Uh, reading nice uh finnish folklore <laughs> yeah. and those kind of things and it's it, in a way it's a, it's it's a kind of a it has kept our uh expression pure yeah that makes sense i think i see that a lot now with like you talked about the tiktok generation or you know this era where we think of you know the more likes there's this automatic assumption that somehow it's better, you know, or just this kind of, it's almost like the social media aspect has infiltrated the haven of just creativity because it's like people are thinking, okay, well, how will this do over here? And, and, yeah. and sometimes I, I think back to, you know, when I first discovered Tenhe in the early two thousands and this era of music where nobody was really considering that, that wasn't part of the consideration. It was, I think, maybe there was something a little bit more pure about expression in those days because it wasn't. I mean, it can still be pure now, but it, it's always being infiltrated in a way and trying to be commodified. And I think yeah. that you know, even though ten he took ten years or eleven years to make an album or to release the album, in one way that actually makes you stand out because everybody else is sort of chasing this kind of hamster wheel. You know, and it's it's nice to be reminded of the craft of the art, and and that's what you do. Yeah, I, I think that the kind of <clears throat> not um, making a bit big noise about ourselves and uh, uh, about making a kind of a, uh, trying to think that uh, which kind of um, uh, moments are worth uh, filming and uh, releasing in a kind of a YouTube or whatever. <laughs> Uh, I think it's uh, it's that it goes so far that it, even our band photographs are nearly impossible to do. Uh, that we we don't want to uh, somehow we don't want to get our persons involved in in our art in a way, 
Uh, and that uh, that's why one aspect is that most of our, um, uh, at least some of our uh, band photographs are uh, taken from uh, our backsides. Because <laughs> it's, so, it's so goddamn hard to be there uh, and try to present like a rock star. You know, this kind mm. of thing that is it's nothing to do with being a rock star. It's just a, it's just form of art or expression or or it's it's it, it it's ridiculous. At, uh, like now we were trying to do welcome a photo shoot. That was a really painful experience. <laughs> <laughs> Not the ones that are on the album, but uh, yeah. we tried to make more. We tried to make uh, promo more, yeah. photos. So it, yeah. Uh, we were so happy with those that were taken from the sessions that we played. So yeah, we, the, we, we just yeah. can't get any better. So we just don't yeah. do it. Yeah. I think also maybe maybe uh, you said it's it's horrible taking bad photos, but the ones that I remember of you are sitting in the snow or sitting in water. So maybe the conditions yeah. are... <laughs> maybe you should be comfortable. <laughs> yeah. We have to find new element to sit on. <laughs> maybe uh, a bonfire. <laughs> yeah, a bonfire. Yeah, it's really well. We've been holding you hostage for a couple hours at this point, so I don't want to keep you any longer. Really? Okay. But um, I wanted to see if there was anything else you wanted to say about Tenhi or Valkama. Uh, the floor is yours. Well, uh, first of all, thank you for having us on this podcast, and uh, it's been a nice experience and first one for us. And uh, well, we hope that the people we enjoy the new album and uh, really we really haven't got really uh, any feedback apart from you and some others. So it's um, what we have heard that yeah people have liked it. So it's, of course, nice to hear. And, uh, well, the future for us, uh, I think that, as I told, that we will work on new stuff as soon as we get this uh, welcome out in, uh, I think, the first week of June. And I uh, hope, really hope, and... Uh, to get new material sooner, sooner than uh, ten years. So, yeah, hopefully uh, with within a couple of years. Yeah, never know. Uh, uh, no, I, 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 I think I have no nothing else to say. But welcome, but I, I, I really enjoyed this interview, and and, and it was nice to um, speak with uh, persons that have heard the album and heard our previous albums, and uh, I think. Uh, um, you brought interesting uh, questions uh, that uh, actually we have uh, not heard before, and and, and th those kind of things put because um, uh, we seldom speak and uh, kind of articulate our vision to one another. So many yeah. of these situations uh, uh, are put to, to uh, put us in a new new position. To uh, to um, really reflect the kind of things that we have done and 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 to to uh, be um, giving an interview with the persons that uh, have enjoyed our full catalog is I think it's really really nice I think this is the by far the most interesting interview yeah we have ever given. I just want to say as a as a longtime fan, you know, like your music has been a, a huge influence and and anyone I talk to, I'm always telling them to listen to Tenny. So uh, 
yeah, so it's so it's been it's been a real honor to speak with you. Yeah, well, the pleasure. Well, thank you. In ours. Yeah, it, it's been it's been wonderful, and uh, you know, thank you for taking the time to speak with us for two hours, especially given the technical difficulties. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, yeah. thank you everyone for listening. Uh, this has been the Screaming Bloody Oranges podcast. Thank you to Nathaniel, to Tuco, and to Ilmari, and to Ted, of course. Ted, our, our silent watcher. Uh, yeah. <laughs> thank you, and uh, we'll be back in two weeks. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. All right. Thank you guys so much. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for listening. You can subscribe to Screaming Bloody Oranges, the Invisible Oranges podcast, via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podbean, and other streaming services. We'll make a post on our website at www.invisibleoranges.com to accompany the release of each episode. Visit us anytime for more in-depth heavy metal coverage that goes a step above and beyond.